to our new season of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them and what tips they have for girls of my age. Now, this is the 100th podcast that we have recorded. Over the past two years, we've been making we've been recording podcasts meeting loads of fantastic people and i can't think of a better guest to have as my 100 podcast um it is sarah taylor who is currently the people and culture director at staffline recruitment staffline is the uk's largest recruiter and um enabling over over 40,000 people into work every day which is absolutely incredible and staffline is also one of our sponsors for our new summit so thank you so much um, for joining me today, Sarah. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role that you now have today? Absolutely. And firstly, hi, Grace. It's really lovely to be here. And thank you so much for having me. And what an honour to be your 100th podcast interviewee. So um, really pleased to be here. I think, I think the best way to start is that from a young age, I would say that I was very inclined to take on leadership roles so I don't know if you have uh, brothers and sisters but when my sister was kind of playing with Barbie dolls and um, you know doing and Lego I wasn't really into that type of play but I used to do lots of role play so I'd either pretend I was being a teacher or a TV presenter so kind of leadership felt quite natural to me and actually when I did my A-levels I thought I would go into performing arts but I actually got better A-levels than I thought I would and I decided to take a year out um, and actually reapply to different courses and I, I then did my degree in retail management because I also knew that I wanted to be financially independent and ensure that I created my own career path. I didn't want to have to rely on anybody else to be able to support me. So I did a year in industry in a company that you probably are, well, are definitely far too young to have heard of called CNA. And I did that as a store manager. And what that helped me realize is that I love people. And I really love being able to work with people and help them be better versions of themselves. And I really realised that actually a leader can make or break the way in which an organisation performs and how people feel. So I changed my focus then and decided to go into human resources. So in the summer before my final year, I worked for free for eight weeks in a company called BA Systems in their HR team. And I loved it. And I that was the moment that I knew that was the profession I wanted to go in. So I guess short summary that since I worked and did that that eight week spell, I graduated and worked at BA Systems for two years on a graduate scheme um, and stayed in BA Systems across six locations for about six years. I then moved to Boots, worked for them for eight years, then in Carlsberg for four, and then I moved to Staffline in July 2018. And I guess I would say I've gradually progressed my career. It was really important that I got a real breadth of experience across all of the functions and in different companies. And that's helped me get to the role that I'm in now. And I now lead a team of 35 people across HR, payroll and brand and marketing. And I sit at the senior leadership table of uh, Staffline Recruitment Limited. Brilliant. 
So when you're at school, you mentioned that you know you're big on leadership and you yeah. know the performing arts. Was there perhaps any other subjects that you enjoyed? And do you know what age you kind of settled down and you know you wanted to be a leader? You wanted to be kind of a figure for people. Um, yeah. So obviously, I, I talked a bit about realizing at quite an early age that I had natural leadership ability. I think in terms of the school subjects, I did music at GCSE. I did uh, performing arts at A-level, but I also did sociology. So I think, uh, and I loved history. So I think I always had um, an interest in, um, in, in whether it's history, but, but people, understanding people, wanting to perform to people wanting to lead and I also um, really wanted people to be better versions of themselves so when I was at secondary school I used to teach younger children to play the piano or the recorder Um, and I was also um, as I say a youth club leader so I kind of knew that leadership and helping others be better versions of themselves was something kind of strength based I knew I wasn't into science and maths that that was really difficult for me and I wasn't necessarily really crafty you know so whereas my sister was amazing at art that wasn't where I was at it was really performing arts history anything that was about people or related to people um but it wasn't actually until I graduated that I found that passion in terms of human resources. So, you know, I was 22 and that's that's when I, you know, really found um, a bit, an area in business that I felt passionate about. And, and I do think it's so important that we don't put too much pressure on ourselves to, to decide our future career path too early. But I do think it's important to really notice and understand what our natural strengths and passions are, because they are the things that will help you find your future career path at the time that you're ready. Brilliant. I think that's some great advice. And, you know, you've definitely had quite like a various career path, which is always great. I think you always earn so many different experiences from that. Absolutely. Well, I know that you went to Loughborough University. I did. So how important do you think actually is to go to university? Apparently, you know, there's, sorry, there's so many, you know, apprenticeship schemes, graduate schemes that loads of companies offer young people. And, you know, um, university isn't for everyone. So what are your opinions on going and why do you think it's so important? So I don't know if I do think it's so important. And I also think that university has changed so much. You know, when I went to university, what feels like a million years ago, um, we still had grants. We didn't have to pay um, as you do now. And I and I think that whilst university does have a place in the future education of our young people, as you've just mentioned, there are so many other options available to young people like apprenticeships or even simply just trying out lots of jobs. And I think that if people want to go to university, and I know what I might say is controversial, but I went to university with the pure aim of doing a degree that was going to help me get a job that paid well. Um, I know some people want to go to university for the experience, and they might come out with a degree that actually won't land them in a graduate job, but they are now getting into significant amount of debt. Um, so I think that university has its place. 
But I also think that it's about working out what you really want um, from your life. Because actually, I think the biggest skills any young person can learn are the social skills. And they are so important to develop. Because if you think about the world where technology is advancing so much, you know, things like chat GPT and AI, we, we none of us know what the future of work will be. Mm. But what I believe is that technology can never replace the importance of human behaviours, social skills, emotional intelligence and the ability to build relationships. Definitely. And I think um, I think any decision about where next after, you know, you, whether it's A-levels or college or whether it's apprenticeships or uni, I think nothing can ever replicate the ability to be able to connect with human beings yeah definitely i think it's so important that even if you are wanting to go to university and it's you know definitely on like your forefront of your of your mind it's it's definitely important that while you're getting that degree while you're doing all that work while you're learning new things that you also have to learn the social skills that will be hand in hand and help you you know in your future career too yeah, definitely. And one thing that I don't think schools do enough, and you're obviously at school or universities, I don't think we teach that. I don't mm. think that we talk a lot about the importance of emotional intelligence, the importance of building good relationships, the importance of how to treat one another. Um, I, I think it, you know, uni can be extremely academic, very theoretical. I think there needs to be a balance. Yeah, definitely. Now, the world is changing so much. And also, very quickly, I mean, you mentioned ChatGPT. That's definitely a a new thing for many people. So, with that in mind, what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years' time? And also, what do you hope it may look like? I I think that, I mean, I have to say, Grace, I think your questions for this podcast are fantastic and have really, really made me think a lot over the last few weeks about how... Um, I want to respond because uh, I think, you know, 10 years time, if you think 10 years ago, you know, who would have thought the technology advancements, the things that are going on in the world, whether it's Brexit, politics, you know, the cost of living crisis, Mm. um, what's happening in the global economy. I think it's really difficult to predict what it might look like in 10 years time. And I, I think it really does depend on the state of the UK and the world. Um, What I hope is that it will be a more equal world where we can see more women in positions of power that are being treated fairly across all roles and all sectors. And we have a really good equal level of representation. Um, I think we are seeing a move to a more genuinely respectful society that feels more equal. Um, But I think women have to continue to speak up. We have to continue to not tolerate inequalities almost mistreatment and we have to continue to have a voice in order to keep that difference to to ensure that that equality is there of Um, course i and i and i have to say i think what is amazing we're seeing so much more in sports such as football cricket and athletics Uh, and i love the fact that the women are celebrated now for doing well in the world cup and in the ashes and uh, and you know whether it's Katarina Johnson-Thompson in athletics, I think we are truly celebrating more women in sport. I think business still has a bit of a way to go. And I also think, and I was really reflecting on this, is that 
outside of the world of work, I think our culture and society, so cultural and attitudinal changes, they take time. And I think mm. we're seeing the business world move slowly more towards an equal society. But I, I do wonder and I question whether outside of the world of work, if we're seeing enough social and behavioural changes um, that we need to, you know, for example, I was looking at stats today, there are still significantly more women that are the primary care of children in their early years, or more women who are working part time, or will do more in the house. And I, I guess I can see that the businesses like mine are doing more than we possibly can to support women progress. But actually, unless they, we've got the social framework around us, I think there'll be a bit of tension. I also think, and I don't know what you feel about this, Grace, but I, I do worry and wonder about the impact of social media on women. And if we've got good enough role models out there, I, I see so many women, you know, and I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, um, uh, but women focusing on their body image, fashion trends, you know, I, I will, and I do sound old when I say this, but I will be walking down the high street and I'll see a group of girls and they all look the same. You know, and I just wonder if there are too many young women following fashion trends or what they think should be expected of them rather than being their true authentic self. And I also wonder if young women's expectations of, you know, a future partner has changed enough. You know, I, I, I've got friends who are men, friends who are men who are single, who are dating and, you know, they're, they're telling me that women still think that, you know, the man should pay for a meal out or open doors for them and still have this Disney ideal about meeting their Prince Charming. And I think my reflection is that in, if in 10 years we want that more equal world of work, then we have to have equality across all elements of our lives and our relationships and not just the workplace. Mm. No, I completely agree. Now, you touched quickly on role models. Um, yeah. So have you had any mentors? Have you had any more like role models? Have you been a mentee? Have you been a mentor? Has there been anyone that you particularly admire? You know, I love this question and I was really thinking about it long and hard. And uh, if I'm to be truly honest, I, I don't think I have had any mentors in in work or um personally but i think what i would say is i've always had a drive to learn about different people what their values and motivations are i'm really quite a curious person i'll always be willing to learn from people that i interact with and i do think if you're curious you ask questions and you're willing to learn then you can take that feedback on board which will help you be a better version of yourself I have been mentors to people and I love doing that. I'm also a qualified coach and have often coached people. Um, and I guess thinking about people I admire and again, thinking about my generation, I, I would say, you know, whether it's people like people like Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, and also Dame Jacinda Kate Lovell Arden, who is the New Zealand Prime Minister. I, I think I really admire those women and I admire them because they stand for up for what they believe. I think when you look at politics, for example, 
there are a lot of women, and if I take Theresa May or even Margaret Thatcher, I think they tried to become like a male version of themselves. Um, they tried to be someone that maybe they weren't. Whereas if I look at Dame Jacinda, for example, you know, she was truly her real self, you know, whether that was about parenting, whether there was a story about the fact that she was breastfeeding her baby whilst at work. Michelle Obama, you know, came from really, really difficult roots, but has, even though been a president's wife, actually has remained an individual and stood up for everything she believed. So for me, the people I admire are the people that have stayed true to who they are and been really, really authentic. Yeah, I completely agree. The, I, I admire so many people such as, you know, Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, um, who have definitely used their large platform for good, which is always yeah. great to see um, with people that do have that that size of a platform. Yeah, versus, and I don't know how you feel about these people, but if you take the Kardashians or other social media influences, I think they don't use their platform for good. And I think that is where the conflict arises with young women today, because there's this fashion trend and beauty and, you know, real real challenges around body image versus, you know, Greta Thunberg, for example, or other, other other women that, you you know, we've just mentioned who actually stand up for what they believe and use their platform for good. Mm. So as part of our Reach Next Generation summits, we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities. Do you think as a society we are seeing more equality and how is staff line recruitment, you know, helping to... I wouldn't say entice, but get more people to be recruited of that background. So I, I think the first part of the question is it's getting better. But but I think there is there's a lot more emphasis on gender um, splits and, and, and having more women um, in, in senior roles than men. I think there is a significant way to go in terms of our minority communities. And, and I... I'm not just talking about, you know, um, ethnicity here. I'm talking about, you know, disability or socioeconomic status. Mm. Um, and and I guess for me, I, my overall ambition from a staff line perspective is that we are able to reflect and represent the communities in which we serve within our business. So that means that, you know, our gender ethnicity mix etc might be really different in different parts of the country and because we're a recruitment business we will recruit different people from across the UK and I think it's important that our local regional teams reflect the community in which they serve um, and what we do it, it, across Starfline is we, we do raise awareness across all of the different elements around diversity inclusion whether that's age, gender, disability, mental health neurodiversity or socio-economic status and ethnicity you know we've recently started a Bain steering group and we continue to change our policies to reflect the changing nature of diversity across the UK um, so awareness has to be the number one priority uh, and we do that but actually we work with a lot of organisations to ensure that our candidate attraction is diverse 
and, and we will change that depending on the client's needs and also the geography. Brilliant. So just to finish off today's podcast, if yeah. hi- hypothetically, if you could spend an hour just chatting to three people over a coffee, a tea, maybe like a croissant, it's really up to you in this hypothetical cafe, eat what yeah. you want. Um, who would they be and why? So, I, again, I really thought about this and actually I did quite a lot of research because I wanted to make sure that the three people that I was chatting to maybe were relevant for your audience. So I uh, and I've learned a hell of a lot about young, inspirational women by by doing that. Um, so my first one would have, would be Rose Ailing Ellis. So I find Rose a real inspiration. She um, is an actress and she won Strictly Come Dancing. But, you know, and the reason why I guess she is uh, now seen as a role model is because she's deaf. And she won Strictly, a dancing competition, by being deaf and really, really challenged all of the norms. And she's now campaigning to get British Sign Language more readily available. And I, I would just love to talk to her about, you know, at what point did she want to use her disability, in effect, to be able to raise awareness and, again, use the platform for good. Mm. Um, also, uh, a lady that I hadn't heard of until a few days ago, and actually somebody in my team who's doing a year in industry with us talked to me about her, is a lady called Grace Beverly. So she's the founder of Tala and Shreddy that are sustainable gym fitness brands and um, uh, fitness equipment and a huge social media influencer. Now, she started her business at university and it's a hugely successful business now. And I'd love to know how she decided to build a brand and why and what support she had um, in order to do that. And then the last person would be, and I'll probably pronounce this wrong, is Malala Yousafzai, who many of your listeners will know, but is, you know, the world's youngest Nobel Prize winner, um, who has, through pain and real resilience, turned her experiences into something really inspirational and I would love to know how she has built that resilience to to really fight for what she believed in. Mm. I think there's some some great people with you know completely different backgrounds but completely different stories too which I think is brilliant and I think they would. I think it'd be a a good coffee coffee conversation. (laughs) I think they would all be very interesting. (laughs) Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Sarah. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone You're listening very welcome. will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own futures and in their own careers. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more details about us will be at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our partners and sponsors, Experian, Barclays, Domestic in General, Staffline, and the Ardonna Group.